Welcome to Two Sharp Chefs at a Microphone. I'm Lorraine Moss. And this is Louis Victor. And today we are talking paella for the people. What a beautiful world it is, Louis. Yes. We're going to welcome Jeff Weiss and Parash Shah, chef owners of Valencian Gold. It's a brand spanking new restaurant, Spanish style, in the southwest area of Las Vegas. Hello, men. Hi, guys. Hello, men. Hello, gentlemen. So what's paella for the people? First of all, gentlemen's going a little too far. All right. Okay, Okay, dudes, go. All right. Go ahead. Oh, you're going to put it on me. You got it. Paella for the people is something we came up with about a year and a half ago. We realized you can't get paella anywhere in the world for less than 40, 50, 60 bucks a head. And yeah, and about a couple hours of your time, sit down. It's a big hoity-toity meal. The whole thing. We went. You know, there's pokey places, there's Mediterranean places, there's Panda Express. Everybody has you know different takes on a rice bowl or something like that, teriyaki bowl. Why is there no Spanish fast casual? And how can we do that? Because we have the background. We cooked in Spain. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit. But we went. Why can't we make paella something that everyone can have any day they want? Why, pardon the pun, but why can't we make paella for the people? That was the question. And we're sitting in the answer, I guess. <laughs> that we are. I mean, whenever you had to go to a Spanish restaurant for paella, you would have to wait quite some time. I mean, I worked in those kinds of restaurants, and it's it loses the... What, what paella was all about. It was sharing. It was, mm. it was history. It was tradition. But then nobody really understands it. They're like, oh, look at that. It's some rice and mm, taking about two hours to get it. And I'm eating it. I'm spending a hell of a lot of money. And we wanted to make sure that we kind of like equalize the playing field and just really level it out so that anybody can come on by and make their own bowl and eat some delicious paella that we learned while we were cooking in Spain. We have Michigan experience. We have high volume experience. And we took them both and we just combined it to, together and make Valencian gold. So how... Do you do it fast casual style? Because, you know, Louie and I worked in a kitchen for Jose mm. Andres, and it does take quite a long time to do a paella. Mm-hmm. So how do you do it fast casual style? Well, we actually studied the process of making the paella, right? So you're building the flavors. You are starting with a flavorful base like a salmora or a sofrito, and then you build the flavors from there. And then so each step, we've identified where the process can get quicker and how we can get a little bit you know, more efficient in the execution. And um, plus, it doesn't help, uh, doesn't hurt that we have little gnomes in the back to help us make rice. <laughs> yeah, no. Golden gnomes. Golden gnomes. Golden gnomes. So, you two met in Spain. Yes. How did that all come about? Oh, there are many, many, many stories. So, the main the, yeah. In 2009, 2010, we were both very fortunate to be the two Americans who were selected for. This scholarship being put on by the Spanish government is uh, through ICEX, the Exterior Cultural Ministry of Spain. Basically, long story short, they invited young cooks from around the world, there were 12 of us, um, f- to learn. And the end goal for them, obviously, is that we go back to our countries and we like Spanish things and we order Spanish things and it's an import-export thing. But the, the byproduct is we got to train in these top restaurants 
all over Spain. We, the first month was a language course, which we already spoke it, but hey, it's a free month in Madrid, and you get to you know be immersed. What would you do, right? Mm-hmm. So right. this you know, we we packed our bags and we we kind of said hello on Facebook beforehand. We show up at the this little. They were smart. They they put these. At that time, it was just five of us doing the language course. They put us. They didn't put us in the center of Madrid because nobody would ever showed up for class, right? They put us on the last stop, the last possible place you can get outside Madrid. It's called Comunarejo. And they put us in this college, the five of us knuckleheads, all summer long. And Monday through Friday, we did our language course. And then come Friday, we're on the first thing smoking back to Madrid because we're gonna have a good time. And so, (laughs) I mean, again, like, well, you know, what would anyone do? You want to go, want to go see and explore and practice our language skills with the amongst the locals. Um, Amongst I mean, it's just R and D, right? Correct. Yes, chef. (laughs) R and D. So we um we would do Friday until Saturday, and then come back Saturday. Morning, afternoon, shower, take a nap, and then do it all over again. Then, you know, come Monday morning, we stumble into our class, and there's the professor's like, What did you guys do this weekend? Nothing. We studied. <laughs> and we did research and development. Thank you very yeah, much. That's yeah. right. Gracias, profesor. So, mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. learned Catalan Spanish, right? Castellano. Castellano, okay. Yeah. So tell us the difference with that, because a lot of us speak Mexican Spanish, especially Correct. here on the West Coast. Mexifornian. Yeah, Mexifornian. <laughs> Spanglish, well, if Spanish, you will. Yeah, yeah, I used yeah. to speak uh, Puerto Rican judo, you know, back in New York. Judo, no? You know, no, stuff. no, no. Oh, I'm just like, is it a karate, a martial arts? Right. But that's, that's, that's what it was in, in, in New York. So you have a lot more Puerto Ricans out there and a lot more Dominicans, and you get that kind of influence. So, but working in the kitchens, of course, you, you, you had a lot of Mexican folk who were freaking awesome, and they were your dishwasher, your prep guys, your cold line cooks. Chingons. Chingons, yeah. They were the <laughs> ones who kicked your freaking ass every single day, and you developed yeah. the accent, you learned the language, you learned it in high school, right. whatever. Mm-hmm. But then when we went over there, the accent is different, the staccato is different, the rhythm is different. The hand mannerisms are different. So you instead of saying gracias, you're, you're learning to say gracias with the lisp. Like, gracias. Oh, perdona. Es caray, por favor. Like, yeah, all right, chill out, dude. Yeah, we, uh, when we were training <coughs> Open Bazaar Meet by Jose Andres, they had the guys down from Emboli. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, all the Spanish, the Spain restaurants. And oh, no. they acted like they had no idea what we were saying when we were speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. I mean, none. Yeah. I, I know that they knew some of what we were saying. The swear they, words what are What are you talking about? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, no, they like to do that. Because when I was actually in, Eth- I was in Logroño, in the capital of Rioja, and I was taking a bus back to where I lived in Ezcaray. And of course, I went up to the bus driver. I was like, is this going to Ezcaray? He's like, no. No entiendo. No, que dices? <laughs> I'm like, dude, what's wrong with you, bro? He's like, Ezcaray, no. Eth- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, bro. You got something in your teeth or something? You want to get knocked the fuck out? Like, <laughs> that's, that's about to happen. Don't make me take this bus to Queens, son. Like, <laughs> Good Lord. He's much more cuddly than he's letting off. <laughs> Wait till you see the uh, boomerangs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> So you take the language class. Yep. So we did the month language, and then the next month was travel. All over, all twelve of us got together, travel around the entire country. And so this is all getting paid for by the Spanish government. Correct. Yeah, correct. That's bad. Wow. Yeah. pretty. It was an incredible opportunity that I like to think we've taken and run with it and tried to show the honor Clearly. and respect. You know, yeah. between 
the book and the restaurant and all that. But yeah, it was we ate at every major Michelin joint except for El Bulli. I think Ferran wasn't there that day. You know, Ferran. We were yeah. only supposed to visit El Bulli uh, at that time, uh, and Ferran was off. Yeah, doing his Ferran thing. But I mean, we hit saving you know, the world with his exactly food encyclopedia. No, I, you know, when we get when we get down to El Bulli talk, I'll, I'll tell you about yeah. where he was. Yeah, we're gonna have to know about that, that stuff. That's exactly. really cool. I mean, we hit Canroca. We, we you name it, we hit it. And then uh, the month yeah. after that, then we all went to our respective restaurants. Yep. So I, went, okay. I was in Toledo with Adolfo Munoz. Mm-hmm. And he was in Madrid at uh, Hotel Santo Amaro, and so we had the same days off. So I would take the train to Madrid every uh, every couple every week, and yeah. we'd cause yeah. some trouble yeah. and have a good time. And I go back to my restaurant, and then he went up north to um, well, do you can talk about Escaray. I yeah. went, to, I went to, I got to go in the countryside and learn like the matanza and learn the charcuteria. It's something I specifically wanted to do, and these are how the Spaniards are. Is Adolfo, my chef, who I put in, my, you know, I busted my butt for him. He goes. Is there anything that you have not seen or done that you want to do? And that first part, when we were traveling around the restaurants, we stopped at dairy farms and vineyards and you name it. But I wanted to see, having a background in butchery charcuterie, I wanted to see Matanza. I wanted to work with the people in the countryside and understand this cultural aspect and why it's important and why it basically informs the reason this book I wrote is called The Soul of Spain Charcuterie of the Soul of Spain it informs so much about the entire Spanish culinary experience it harkens back to this idea of um, using every part of the animal no matter what I mean everything and it's not just a matter of being trendy like it is today I was it's just about survival. to say that <laughs> like, the pig that, that pig fed that family for the year right Anything that's wasted is is calories wasted. These are you know, they're in the farm, they're in the fields. So Adolfo's like, vale, I got you. you know, and next day he's like, you're going to you're going to Extremadura. You're going to go for a month and study, and you're going to live at this five star hotel, but you're going to work and do the matanzas. It's this place called Roca Madura. It's unfortunately it's closed because of the the crisis. But I mean that's where all the the rich pijo Spaniards they would go take the helicopters out and they'd go do the matanza and. It was a big party, and I got to learn that stuff. So that's that's what I was doing while this guy was up north, and then he went uh, later to El Bulli. Yeah. How did you end up at El Bulli? Well, it, when when you get accepted to the program um, from ESEX, mm. they go ahead and, and actually place you in certain restaurants. Mm. And so, like, you know, I'm at Momofuku Noodle Bar in New York at the time, and I'm... I put in the application, and my buddy, who went on to become the head of R&D for Momofuku, he was like, so, did you get it? And I'm like, mm. oh, yeah, I did. And I finally got the thing, and I looked at the list, and it goes, um, Hotel Santo Mauro, Echauren, and then El Bulli. And I'm, I'm like, okay. And you know, my face, like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. And then so my boy's like, yo, so where are you going? I'm like, told him, boom, boom. And he goes, where else? He's like... Like El Bully, he's like, no way, dude. And right, so we had right. one of those. Anybody weird, would be like yeah, that. Exactly. It was like one of those weird line cook moments before service began. And we're hugging in the middle of it. And you know that Momofuku, the open ass kitchen. Yeah. And people looking in from the outside, like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. So that's how it happened. It's just like, I just got, luckily, I got placed. So yeah. I know this is a loaded question, but what's hmm. it like to cook at one of the best restaurants in the world. I mean, some may say it is the best restaurant. It was the best restaurant in the world. A kitchen is a kitchen is a kitchen. Is it? That's really that's really the longest short of it. You know, you get you're at the highest possible freaking level in the entire damn world, but they're all still sick ass line cooks. Right. And <laughs> and a bunch of ding dongs after work. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah. really what it is. Like. We all go out and eat some food, drink some stuff, cavort with some randoms, and, then, and and that was it. That's literally what it was. It was nothing but different. Did you have that moment where you're like, 
holy shit. I'm like literally <laughs> cooking in Ferran Adria's restaurant. The like second he's service. the father of freaking modernist cuisine. Um, like the, the second service. Okay. Second service, we so we're there for maybe three, two weeks or something like that already, going through the motions, whatever, open up for business, second service ro- rolls in. And they're like, okay, time to fire the Rosa Alcachofa, which are the yellow um, roses that he gets some from, somewhere from South America that are edible and they taste exactly like artichokes. Mm, and wow. those suckers are steamed off and then we got to place it on the plate with a bunch of different stuff. And <laughs> they're pre-plated on these really sick, beautiful, like... like every plate probably costs more than... My cook. life at that point, <laughs> yeah. probably. You know, yeah, like, yeah. so how much are you worth? Not more than that plate. Yeah, <laughs> right? So I'm pulling out a sheet tray from the speed rack. One clips... <laughs> One clips the edge of the sheet, the speed rack, and it goes. <gasps> and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And it's quiet. It's always so damn quiet there, and you just go. <laughs> and then for and Ferran at the point, he's like, he's on the pass, and he's like. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Eyes popping out there. Yeah, eyes are popping out. And he goes, joder. Queremos silencio. Queremos silencio, por favor. No podemos pensar de nada. And I'm like this, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm deer in the headlights. I think I pooped myself a little bit. And then I was just like, yo, what the fuck? And then my chef de cuisine comes over. He's like, yo, you're all right. You're all right. I'm just like, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I need my mom. <laughs> I was like, I just want to go home now. I don't want to learn the recorder. I just want to go home now. Damn it. But yeah, it was, it was crazy, man. Like. That was that was when you were like, oh wow, I'm here. Yeah. I'm actually here. And then we had the whole routine of going up the stairs and down the stairs and setting up for lunch and setting up for for family meal and doing all these things. And you're you're there grinding from like twelve thirty in the afternoon until two thirty in the morning. And sometimes you get the ten day straighters, right? And right. so the nine <laughs> bunch of dicks, I, I got to tell you, they the nine days you got all dinners. Right? So 12.30, 1.30, whatever it is, until 2.30 in the morning. The last service mm-hmm. for the 10-day straighter oh, is a man. lunch. Uh-huh. Oh, oh wow. rat bastards, I swear <laughs> to God. They, they're like, all right, we're leaving at 2.30 in the morning. And they're like, okay, see you at 8. I'm like, you guys, <laughs> you guys uh, suck so bad, dude. That happened <laughs> so to me. We get in at 8 and we're like this. Clopin. Yeah, right. what the hell? But the payoff is we get four days off. Yeah. So we used to go travel. Some went to Ibiza. I never went. I wasn't part of that whole thing. I just wanted to go drive around and eat food. So luckily, where we were, we were close to the coast of France. And then we were just we dipped up into France a little bit. I went back to Rioja. I went down to God knows where. We just traveled a lot, you know. And um, the people that I met at El Bulli were still friends to this day. That's yep, damn that's near true. Ten, true, like 10 true. years ago now. All across the board. And um, we're planning a reunion next year. Awesome. You know, like, it's the first reunion in 10 years to see, see most of the people um, there. And they're just awesome. Like, Jeff will tell you, the, the, the friends that you... It's like it's like any kitchen. That's why I said a kitchen's right. a kitchen's a kitchen. Familiar. You, yeah, you, rem, you remember who, family. Who, who rocked with you mm-hmm. during those wars that you had when you're staring down the barrel of a thousand freaking covers and you're, you're, you think you're up on the board, but next thing you know, you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm down right now yeah. dude this sucks I mean that was like noodle bar for me right. right noodle bar I'd clear my board I'm like yeah what's up now pot oh <laughs> and then you look outside the and he lines out the door around the corner and you're like 
you're a stupid idiot. Why the hell did you actually say that and think that you were up on anything, oh. bro? Like, thing because like, you thought you were, you were awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm hot Then you realized you were. I no. played it by <laughs> plates. <laughs> Just kidding. So you have this amazing experience in Spain. How long did this last total? A year, a year and some change. Yeah, a year and some change. So at one point, did you decide, we're going to do this in America? What you're doing now? Do, do Did it come long after that, or was yeah. it during yeah, that we're time? Talking, so we were done 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I had, I think, I had one more semester left at school. I got that done at Cornell, and then this guy, he started cooking. I went down to New York. I started cooking too. And long story short, we uh, we worked. I don't know, we worked several, a couple years, various places, either consulting or working. You know, he was working with a couple different Spanish restaurants. I was cooking around the country. And just recently, you know, two years ago, I'm driving. I'd done some consulting back east. I was driving back, stopped in New Orleans. Freaking love New Orleans. Never been before. I had like I've an, never been. Yo, it's one of my dream spots for, for America. It's great. Yeah, it's super awesome. I had an emotional moment over a bowl of gumbo at uh, the Mamas. I think. Oh my god, it was. <laughs> you cried. Yeah, a little bit. The gumbo. <laughs> a little bit. I was like, I, okay, soul food. I get it. Yeah. Like, you know, you talk about getting it, but then yeah, I got it. Like okay. so American. Yeah. It's just, it's just amazing. It's funny enough. New Orleans is very much like Valencia. The food, the cuisine, the mm-hmm. history of art, mm-hmm. the Low Country, the the, the Bayou, the whole. That's where you know it's an Albufera is Valencia. Yeah. It's it's a marshland. It's, it, they're everything about them is incredibly similar. As we say Barcelona is like Los Angeles. Madrid, pardon me, Paras, is kind of like New York in many ways. The attitude and a little bit. Why are you pardoning me? Because <laughs> you hate that comparison. No, I actually say that same comparison, yeah. Jeffrey. I thought you hate that comparison. No, it's when you say I lived with a freaking goat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought we were talking about that. <laughs> as, I always that's say, you know, that's right. Yeah, there's this thing with this goat that happened. No, Ezkaray is this like where he was in La Rioja. This little town, it's like 25 people and a goat. That's you it. lived with a goat. He lived with a goat. <laughs> One half Filipino, half Indian. The greatest of all time goat, oh. probably. Don't look at me, goat. <laughs> there you go. Wow. So, Funny. Long story short, I'm driving back, and I was in New Orleans. I think I stopped at like a Chipotle, and I'm like, yo, we can do this. Why is there no Spanish version of this? Why? We know pa- We learned paella at the Arm of the Maestros in Valencia, and like, you know, I, I learned it at Jose's place at Haleo in D.C. first. I mean... I gotta say, I, mean, I Jose has done so much for me in my career. He's the reason I gotta go cook in Spain. He recommended me for that scholarship. He picked up the phone and said, to called Spain and said, take that guy. So Just everything. Love all I'm these doing, Jose and dress stories. Oh, it's true. I mean, I think every third person I talk to in this business has a Jose story where he impacted them in their career in some We've way. Got almost everyone yeah. at the table. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. I mean, so. You know, Jose. I mean, he wrote the forward of the book. Like anyway, long story short, I, I look at this. This, you know, where I learned paella, where we learned paella, and I'm like, why can't we do this restaurant? And I, I literally called him up. He was slinging thousand cover, freaking nights at uh, it was in Philly or it something. Was, yeah, Barcelona yeah. wine bar. Yeah. I call him up. I said, I got this crazy idea. <laughs> I think I got about two sentences in, and he goes, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, yeah, that was it. It was like uh, a year later. I called him up. I said, Yeah, we're doing this. It wasn't a year later. It was, no, uh, dude, it was like, like six months. Six months. Yeah. yeah. I said, pack your pack your bags, buddy. You're coming to Vegas. So how'd you pick Vegas? Good question. Yeah, we looked up and down California. Mm-hmm. 
We looked in New York. We looked Philly. in Philly. We yeah. looked in everywhere. And friends, some friends said, hey, come to Vegas. I'm like, I don't want to be on the Strip. What are you, nuts? I don't know. I don't that's know what everybody about. thinks when yeah. they don't Yeah, it's here. true. That's, that's a fair that's totally assessment. Dream. And they're like, no, 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 off strip. Like, what do you mean? What's off strip? Is there a life out there? Is there an area called off strip? I know Reno. I know Area 51. I know strip. (laughs) (laughs) So I came out here. We looked around like, oh, Summerlin. Not bad. Southwest. Not bad. So we went, okay. This is like the first place that two things happened. One, the first place out of all the places we visited that we went, I can see it here. I can see it starting here. I'd be proud for it to start here. And two, we said, holy shit, there's this incredible community of hospitality people. Only in New Orleans, where I just stopped, had I saw where you throw a rock down the street, it'll bounce off four people who are all in the business. That's here, too. Mm-hmm. Like, when we started the process of opening, we were getting phone calls, we were getting emails. Hey, this is, hey, good luck. What can we do to help you? Like, do you want to know who we work with for vendors? Like, whatever you need. Like, meeting people like Louie and, like, going... What a, what, just, what a cool community of people who, you know, it's it's not about dog-eat-dog. Dog, it's about means, family, dude. Yeah. Like, that's the coolest thing. Like, when you took those pictures, Louie, yeah. and then when you were leaving, like, yo, we fam now. I'm like, yo, bet. That's uh-huh. really how it is. And, you know, you go through the, the jaded cook thing and, like, I'm so freaking cool thing. and then But when you meet genuinely good people, which that we've met here, it... Is really impressive. So I mean, we're, we're super so, duper honored to, to open up our first one here. Wow, yeah. it's cool as hell. So that's why here. And we so dig it. you are still thinking of California and other places as well, or you're going to see how oh, long. We're this too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah. I mean, this is not going to be the only store of Valencian Gold. The, the goal, the, the goal of any fast casual, right. I don't care who you are. I mean, we all know the game. It's to do store one as a proof of concept. Work out the kinks, get it, get it dialed in, and then go store two, store three, store four. Okay, mm-hmm. now where? Yep. And then go to a different market. You know? And that's that's always been the goal for Valencia and Gold. Do we have other ideas? Do we want to do other things? Absolutely, and we will. Mm-hmm. But uh, Valencia and Gold was this was where we decided to make our stand for ourselves. For it's the first restaurant we we've opened. I can count on three hands the number of restaurants we've opened for other people. But when you're writing the checks, when, yeah, when, it's, when it's your crew, when it's it's a different story. Yeah. Boy, is it ever. Yeah, right? Yeah, jeez Louise. So what inspires you about Spanish cuisine? Why Spanish cuisine? Obviously, you were there, and there's a lot of reasons technically why, but why? You ever, you ever been to Spain? That's part of the reason. I have yeah. not yet. Actually, I have a trip next year. Well, that's that's Ooh, part of the reason one. why. When, you know? when you go, you'll understand. Okay. Yeah. That's part of it. That's part of it. And then, you know... Everybody can say, bully this, bully this, bully, bully, bully. I learned the love of it from Ethkaray, from that little mm-hmm. town with the freaking goat, right? Like, <laughs> it was, that goat, goat taught, taught me lot. love. It taught me those croquetas, uh-huh. the fried balls of creaminess. Oh, That's, yes. Thank Salty you, balls. goat. <laughs> but no, nah, it's, it's the soul, right? It's the soul mm. of what we've learned over there. And it's, oh, man. It just infects the crap out of you. Yeah. You get over there, and I walked in there, and I was like, look at me. I'm Mr. New York guy. I got per se in Momofuku. Look at me, super guy. And I'm walking around, I'm like, you can, st- die. you can keep being jaded, or you can actually open your eyes, right? 
And that's what I did. I opened my eyes and I took a breath and I breathed in the freaking beauty that was Spain and, and, and just stuck. Right now, I keep saying I'm 100% New Yorker, but I'm not really. I'm like 95% New Yorker and 5% Spanish. Like, it, it's, it's that pasión that they talk about, right? Yes. La pasión. Yeah, <laughs> like a telenovela. Yeah, <laughs> that's my life. Dos mujeres y un camino. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so Louis told me yes. when she met you guys. None of it's true. That she thought. <laughs> yeah. Or it's all true. Or it's all true. Yeah. She said that she detected a bit of a romance, didn't you? Bromance. Is that what you said? Yeah. Jeffrey, I told you not to tell anybody. It's Sometimes a, it just comes through. Yeah, it just comes through. I got that bromance. Listen, we... Now that there's no goat yeah, in your the, life. The goat's out of the picture. That, right. that, that hussy. <laughs> <laughs> we, I know, we've known each other 10 years, right? So we've, I mean, we went through this incredible experience. You understand, like, there were two Germans, two Americans, a, a Swiss dude, a Danish dude. There was three Germans, right? Or two? Two. Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Swiss Wolverine kid. Wolverine and... Uh, Wolverine. And JP. You guys know. Jeez, he, he looked like Wolverine. Back when Wolverine came Lamb out. chops, yeah. Oh, yeah. Serious <laughs> lamb chops. And, and he was... He was, he was an aggro kind of... I talk like this. <laughs> I talk like this because I like sous vide. <laughs> you can only cook short ribs sous vide. That is all. Hey, three days only. <laughs> Don't you argue with me. <laughs> We, we, we bust his balls because he's also a sweetheart and a great friend. And, like, and you know, that's what we do. We bust balls as cooks, right? So, um, <laughs> what are we yeah, talking like, about? We're talking about uh, your bromance. Oh, the bromance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so the thing is, we we're the two Americans, so they put us, whenever we traveled around that whole month, we were mm-hmm. traveling and we would stay in the same room. Because mm-hmm. it's just, that's what they did with everybody, with whatever country or whoever. Sounds like it's going down such a bad this, path. This is, this is, <laughs> the, the, I'm leading up to a good story. So, we were in Madrid. Oh, are you going to do it? No, I'm going to do it. Say that? You ready? Oh, Bat- Jesus. Did you wear your bulletproof underwear today? Oh. <laughs> you look if I wore underwear today. <laughs> I don't need to know these things, bro. <laughs> so, when the grasshoppers fly up and you. you Oh, where would the grasshoppers go? No, that's the right. question. <laughs> they're, they're hopping through the grass. Right. So, so we're in this hotel in Madrid, one of our many stops, and they're like, okay, here's your room keys. We're like, oh, great, I'm with Paras again. He's going to snore. Okay, I love you, buddy. Whatever, you dude. You snore, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and we get into the room, and they put us... Okay, you walk in, and there's the beds. <laughs> okay, like normal. Where's the bathroom? Look, where's the shower? There's this glassed-in thing in the middle of the bedroom. It's romantic. They put us oh, in the honey- they put us it's in the romantic. Honey- we were in the honeymoon suite. Oh my god. There's a oh glassed-in shower in the middle of the room, oh. with like they have like, like yeah. the, the, the fog the fog glass. Oh, so it went. No handprints. Oh. oh. That like there's handprints of fog from the fog glass on the. And so I look at I look at this guy. He looks at me. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> the last time I saw shit like that was in Montreal. <laughs> That's a different story we're not talking about today. Yeah, let's not talk yeah. about that. Montreal, <laughs> things happen in Montreal. Yeah. Wow. So, long story short, we've seen some shit. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's we, weird. We, to, for the record, I said to him, why don't you take a shower? I'm going to go downstairs. Mm-hmm. And when you're done, send me a text. Vice versa. And flippity floop. Yep. So, right. uh, but... 
they're really yeah, we've we've seen we've been through a lot. Yep. And yeah. we've seen each other at our best. We've seen each other at our worst. We've helped each other at our best. We've helped each other at our worst. And I mean, we're you know, there's no one I would rather have made that phone call to while I'm driving back from New Orleans saying I got an idea because you know we're family. Yep. Right. That's so. my white brother. <laughs> <laughs> That should be a sitcom, right? right, like, that's right. Hey guys, that's my it. white brother. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Netflix, are you hearing this? <laughs> What's really good? So in any family, there are obviously yeah. conflicts at some point. Mm-hmm. So we're curious because mm-hmm. we're a duo as well. Mm-hmm. How do you resolve your differences? Because there's got to be some. <laughs> I was say is that, that what it is? <laughs> See. <laughs> have it out? Do you act passive aggressive? Do you just say it right to their face? It's, it's, I mean, we, we, even though we're super close, we are two very different people. Um, but we have, (laughs) he likes pedicures. I love pedicures. Yes. (laughs) And foos massages. They're the best. Right. But the thing is, is that we, the funny thing is we look at the the thing and then we're like, all right, no, we should do it this way. We should do it this way. Da, 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 da. And then we're like, wait a second. That's the same shit we're talking about. No, like that, and we're just coming right. at it from different directions. We do that all the time. But then the result, <laughs> the, time. the result, you end up coming to the same result. Right. It's just, How I, you get my, my experience says do it this way. His experience says do it this way. Right. The f- and then, and then that, and on the in, initial conflict, we're like, you idiots. Like, <laughs> we right. do that all the time. It's yeah. the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> we want the same result. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. That's oh, really, so you get over it, basically. Yeah, right. you get over it, and you work through it, and you talk through it, and, you know, if there's any other bigger conflict, then, you you know, we just got to go ahead and work through it. That's all it is. Really. Squash it out. Well, we, I mean, we have no problem with each other going, listen, dude, I got a problem with this. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, you, you, you kind of you piss me off a little back there. Mm-hmm. If you can't do that, why are we opening a business together? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's kind of the next question is, <coughs> yeah. how hard is it to open a business from scratch? Oh, boy. <laughs> how long you got? Yeah, right? No, you we, know, we went through some some stuff mm-hmm. opening this thing up. I mean, you know, from inception to going through the initial phases of the names, even, like, when we moved out here, we just kind of figured out a name, and then we figured out that, oops, we can't use that name, and then right before Foodie Fest, when we debuted this concept... Mm-hmm. We're like, oh crap! We gotta come up with another name. So next thing you know, we come up with this whole new name, which is Valencian Gold now. And we're like, oh, we did something it's catchy. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but opening a business from scratch is—you have these, especially during the build-out phase. Like, yeah. we know how to mess around and build the kitchen out. Easy. End of story, right? But then design elements, what people would like, and the damn paper straws. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What's trendy Which is now? Great. Speaking you know, of paper straws. Yeah, so like I was against them because I was looking for the PLA stuff and I just hate when paper straws melt mm-hmm. and then I'm sucking up straw. I'm like, mm, delicious, but not really. I wanted a soda, right? But, you know, he pushed for it and I was like, all right, and more people are enjoying that we have the paper straws. That goes along with our fully compostable everything, you know, and even the plastic cups and stuff that's made out of um, PLA or out of corn those things are fully compostable so like those steps and those details Jeff really was the forerunner 
four. I was trying to slash pain in the ass, <clears throat> big time. Mm -hmm. And I was just trying to go ahead and work through my head about how we're actually going to execute it, right? But then we all came together ourselves and our business partners um, about the design and everything, especially the mural on this wall here. This wall right here has meoted, which is a crazy hand technique, and then we have all these other things, and that's a that's a custom-made bench from Magnus Metals here in town. So, like, right. the folks that we have, the Bloom Creative did our, our floral wall. Barth White, who used to be a contractor, did this meoted wall. The contractor who built everything out was all-inclusive construction, Gil, and he did everything for us here. And then right behind us, Magnus did that crazy thing. And so, like, we, we are so indebted and appreciative of the folks, and it's just more of, like, we had to do our research, you know? Right. Yep. So, super awesome. We want to talk about your mural here. Mm. It's really one of a kind. This design element is amazing. So, can you tell us about the theme? Yeah. Um, so, we hired our boy Sholaka from Valencia. He's one of like the top five street artists in all of Spain. And we found out after he came over here that he's never been to the U.S. before. <laughs> Right? He's so, barely outside his little Pueblo. And yeah, so so oh, wow. we, we had him staying at the SLS, right? Oh. So my, but so my man was like this. He's like, yo, looking around like, oh, what's all this about? Like, I was like, welcome to America? <laughs> you know? But um, he calls this piece generaciones or generations, right? So on the far right, we have the abuela or the grandmother. And on the far left, we have the little niña or the granddaughter. And they're just kind of like meeting over um, the traditional paella, the way it's cooked over the fire and you know it's it's an old school paella valenciana and then of course the stock is water but you know it's it's one generation teaching the next generation about paella and it's a beautiful thing but more importantly I kind of view it as you know Spain is the grandmother and we're the young little granddaughter learning and growing and learning about the traditions and so it's kind of like Spain's passing on their traditions to us to make sure that we kind of push it forward in the future. And Shilaka did all of this with just spray paint. Awesome. Yeah, the guy's a Jesus. beast, yo. Like, straight beast. And, and and when he's standing up and doing this, he's looking back like that. And I'm like, wow, that shit's fucking dope. He's like, nah, I don't like it. I'm like, dude, <laughs> are you serious right now, bro? Are you serious? It's dope. He's like, he, he loved the street art downtown. Oh, yeah. He's doing that all around the arts district and like... That was awesome. He was, he was tripping out. Hell yeah. I do want to get to you, Jeff, about... I didn't do it. Yep. <laughs> about the cookbook. Because mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those things that a lot of cooks and a lot of chefs want to do at some point. Mm -hmm. What's it like putting together a cookbook? Putting together, you know, something... Yeah. Seems like such a feat to be able to make it happen. Uh, you know... Pross, I'll tell you, I'm kind of a little bit of an anal retentive individual when it no. comes to the, yeah, yeah, What are you yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. This guy? No. I'm, I'm, Not at all. I'm pretty, uh, <clears throat> when I, when I set out to do that book, so I was, I went, I went to Extremadura. I learned, you know, in, the, Adolfo was nice enough to get me out to Extremadura to learn. I learned with these, the Sabias. They're my, they're my family out there. I haven't seen them in a while. They're going to yell at me. But that's how it's. <laughs> You go back and you like it's family. And it's like you pick up where you left off. But we, um, I came back to the states. I was working in the states, and I realized that at that time, you know, charcuterie was just taking off. Michael Roman's book had come out. People were doing stuff. The French stuff was represented. The Italian stuff, but there was not only was there, no, not only was there nothing written in 
in about the Spanish charcuterie tradition and butchery tradition in English. It wasn't even written in Spanish. Huh. Like when I did research and I was looking into it, there's very little at all. I, I think I own you can count on one hand, I own all the books that were ever written in the history of time about this tradition. And I went, that's not right. And I knew that this is coming to the forefront and I had learned so much about chorizo, mor chorizo, morcia, uh, butifada, all the all the regional specialties. There's, there's a ton of them. I, I didn't even cover them all in the book because they're too specialized. But I just went, you know what? I learned this thing. I know this thing. I can write this thing. Someone needs to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I went back to the families. I, I wrote to them, and sometimes I called them. I said, "Listen, I want to do this book." And they're like, "No, no, 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 no. You, <laughs> this is because like, like you know, the photos that we have in the book, they're graphic. Americans kind of have a hard time seeing their dinner being when it was alive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're insulated by this prepackaged meat that's sitting under cellophane at the market. It's very easy. It's, it's yeah. a steak. There's no eyes. There's it's no not, head. It's not a cow. It's a steak. It's There's not no a, screaming. You know, exactly. <laughs> There's no blood involved. It's not moving across exactly. the plate. Right? Exactly. So I said to them, look, if I can write a book that is shows the honor and that and the tradition that I saw with my eyes and learned and I wanted I wanted you to see this before it gets published and you be okay with it, will you be okay? They're like, okay, but only for you. Like, I'm the only person they've ever let come take photos. And so we, I, I got, I sold the, long story short, I sold the project. Jose, Andres, he graciously said, if you write, if you get this published, if you get a publisher, I'll do your foreword. Cool. Beautiful. Yeah. And so, lo and behold, I did it. And, Long story short, it's there's you know you have to find a, an agent and you have to find a, you know you write the proposal and you gotta do a, get a publisher and I Google that shit. How do you write a proposal? <laughs> and I, I fortunately I went to Cornell, the hotel school. They t- teach you how to write a business proposal from start to finish. That's all it is. A book mm-hmm. proposal is a business proposal. Who are you? Why are you gonna sell this thing? Who's gonna buy it? And and how are you gonna sell it? Okay, I can do that. And then I you know I, I wrote the thing and. We went back to Spain and we did the photos in Spain and we like, you know, all just went through it all. And it's so weird and yeah. such an incredible honor when I've had, you know, we did, we done, we did a pop-up dinner in Atlanta. There's a Spanish restaurant there. Mm-hmm. And we like <coughs> talking to um, Alex at, at, at the Bazaar. And they're like, yeah, we, we give this book to our cooks and we tell them to read it. And we talk, the ones in Atlanta, we, we do a talk every week about a different chapter in your book. I'm like, what? <laughs> like I'm just some mook line cook from California. Like you know, the the book got nominated for a James Beard Award the, for the, the the year that went out. I'm like, I'm not a I'm not a writer. I'm, I'm so a cook, cool. right. and it's, it's so cool. incredibly humbling. But you'll you only see my ugly face in that book about twice. You're so That's cool. It. I gotta call you Kulo. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. This All right. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the story. <laughs> and there you go. Sorry. So we're going to move on to On the Fly. What it is, is 60 seconds of questions that you need to ask like right away. So I'm going to start with Jeff, and then Louie, you're going to do Paras right after me, okay? Okay, cool. All right, so Jeff, we're going to start the clock. Ready? Yes, Chef. Go. Go. What'd you eat last night? Chick-fil-A. Delicious, spicy chicken. Always at home in your fridge. Uh, mustard, surprisingly. 
cat or dog person? Dog, all the way. Me too. Favorite area of our city, meaning Las Vegas? I love the Arts District. There's something very cool about just everything happening in the restaurants. And that's rather new for us. <laughs> I mean, the restaurants and everything going on there is really cool. Hobby outside the kitchen? I did martial arts for many years. Going to go back to it. Nice. Yeah. Karate man. Karate man bros on the inside. Judo chop. <laughs> cook pet peeve. Your cooks. Uh, not my job. Dang. Not my job. Damn. Not Best job. tool in the kitchen. Your brain. Nice. Good one. Yeah. Last question. Death row meal. A baguette. Really good butter. Salt. Wow. Nice. Okay. Awesome. I'm going to set your timer, Louie, for Paras on the fly. Let's go. Ready. Let's Starting do it. now. All right. Best tool in the kitchen? My hands. Okay, good. Cook pet peeve. Cook pet peeve, same as Jeff. Not my, not my job. No, not my job. Bullshit. It's very union. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not my job. I'm on break. Cat or dog person? Dog. Mm-hmm. Eat last night? Chick-fil-A also. Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You guys are inseparable. Always at home in the fridge. Do you guys share the same fridge? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. Uh, Diet Pepsi. Okay. Uh, favorite area of our city? I would say downtown also. Yeah. The, the street art is freaking awesome. You love Chinatown, though. I love Chinatown, downtown, and also just, like, the hood. The hood. I love hoods. <laughs> Okay. MLK and something? Right. What? MLK and something? Yeah, anything. Anything yeah. hood. Anything. It's, Any city, it tends anywhere. to be extra gritty. Liquor stove, gun stove, liquor stove, gun stove. Yep. Hobby outside the kitchen? Golf. Golf. Okay. Death Romeo. All right. Ooh, shrimp cocktail. Shrimp cocktail, bacon cheeseburger, finish it off with a crap ton of ice cream. Typical. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Where's the Spanish in that? <laughs> Nada. Paprika. Nada, no por favor. It's dulce de leche. <laughs> the ice cream. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Paras and Jeff. And of Thank course, you. best of luck with Valencia and Gold. Muchas we are rooting gracias, for you. As they say in the France. Yes. We are going to bring paella to the people. <laughs> it has been brought in. Yes. <laughs> I already brought it. The mothership <laughs> has landed. Sorry, <laughs> been brought in. Brought <laughs> in. Awesome. Louis, tell us how to keep in touch. You can reach us, Two Sharp Chefs, on Instagram at Two Sharp Chefs, on Facebook at Two Sharp Chefs and a microphone, and our email address at Two Sharp Chefs at gmail.com. Always send your comments, whatever you need. Tell us some topics that you want to talk about. What chefs do you want to talk to? What restaurants do you want us to go to? We travel. We are also accepting kitchen jokes, humor, and whatever, whatnot. We'd love to hear from you. So, yeah. All right. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Matt Kessler. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys. That was awesome. Thank you.